Hello, welcome to Landy's Taiwan Diaries. My name is Celia Landman, but most people just call me Landy. This is another episode that is coming to you here from Cape Town in South Africa, where I'm still visiting my mother. And uh, because of that, as you can imagine, because I'm recording this episode on my cell phone, the quality will not be as good as when we do it in Taipei on uh, advanced equipment and a very good microphone and so on. So we just want to apologize a little bit for that. There, it has been clear that uh, the episodes that, uh, that has been recorded here and then it has to be sent across the digital airspace all the way to Taiwan for our producer Wallace Yu to edit it. And then at the end of the day, it is not that clear. It's still possible to listen to it, but the quality is not that good. So we just want to apologize a little bit for that. That having been said, today we want to talk about a few topics uh, relating to Taiwan and also a little bit relating to South Africa. Firstly, this is our first uh, podcast in the Year of the Tiger. So we hope all of you had a wonderful dinner with your family on uh, Lunar New Year Eve and that most of you are still with your families and still enjoying the holiday and that you'll have a, a wonderful time just like I'm having here in Cape Town. I'm now alone again with my mother, my brother and sisters. They came earlier, but they left again. So uh, I'm still here for a few more days. Anyway, so we just hope that everything is going very well for you in the year of the tiger and that you'll have a lot of good luck and you'll uh, get rich in this year, if possible. Firstly, we want to talk to you a little bit about some politics. Now, the vice president of Taiwan went over to Honduras, one of Taiwan's uh, few remaining diplomatic allies. He went there for the inauguration of the new uh, Honduran president. And he had a very busy trip, which was uh, pretty good for Taiwan, in that he did not only go to Honduras on an official visit, but he he stayed over in America on his way there and on his way back. Now, while he was in Honduras, he actually met with a Japanese envoy. So he did some diplomatic work there as well, not only going to the inauguration and talking to Honduran politicians, but also meeting the Japanese envoy there. And they had some discussions about how Taiwan is handling the virus and how they can work together in Asia. Then, uh, on the way back... He had a telephone conversation with a senator in America when he stayed over in America on his way back to Taiwan. He had a nice chat with Senator Tammy Duckworth by telephone. And then probably the nicest part is that he also had a virtual meeting with the speaker, Nancy Pelosi. So we had a good meeting with her. Now you might think that all these meetings and diplomatic movements by Taiwan politicians will make China pretty unhappy. And I'm sure they were unhappy. But just before he went on his trip to Honduras, and we all know that uh, most of the Taiwan politicians, when they go to Central or South America, they have to stay over in America at least to refuel. And uh, that, of course, is a thorn in the side of China. So it was anticipated that China would uh, be unhappy. So before Vice President William Lai, before he left for this trip, the U.S., as it has done over the last few months and year, uh, standing by Taiwan, and he sent a destroyer. A destroyer is a battleship, and they sent this destroyer through the Taiwan Strait just as a show of power and just to let China know not to get too excited about this uh, trip of the vice president. But all in all, a very, very successful trip for the vice president. And the president also thanked him on her Facebook page because uh, he went away just before the Lunar New Year. All right. 
So let's move away from the politics and go on to talk a little bit about sports. Now, very soon, the Winter Olympics will start in Beijing, as many of our listeners might know. And because of China's very bad human rights record, especially the way they treat the Uyghurs in the Far East, or in the Far West rather, many Western countries have decided to not send any diplomats over to the Games. They will still send teams. They won't boycott the games altogether, but they will boycott it in a way so that uh, they will not send any diplomats over. Or, for example, the Prime Minister of England will not go. He won't send anybody there. So it's kind of like a, a little statement to China to tell them that the world is not too happy. Now, Taiwan has a little team that will go over to Beijing for the Winter Olympics. Of course, not a huge team because Taiwan is not that famous for winter sports. But uh, Taiwan has decided, of course, diplomatically nothing will happen. But then the Taiwan team also decided they will not take part in the opening or closing ceremonies. So this is now, of course, because of a variety of reasons. Firstly, they said they don't want to take part in these opening and closing ceremonies because they are scared of the virus. But then the International Olympic Committee said to Taiwan's Olympic Committee, which, as you know, is known as the Chinese Taipei Olympic Committee. They said to them, no, you have to take part. It's in the Olympic Charter and that you must take part in ceremonies. And anyway, they said China is taking very good precautions not to make sure that there's no uh, spread of the virus at the Games, kind of like Tokyo did last year. Then Taiwan was still angry and it said, no, we're not going to take part because China refers to us as Jungwo Taipei. Now, if you translate that, it sounds like Taipei, China. And they don't use the internationally accepted uh, name Chunghua Taipei, which means Chinese Taipei. So they said because of that, they are a little bit upset and they will not take part. Again, the Olympic Committee said, sorry, you cannot do that. You have to take part and um, because it's in the charter. And so now the Taiwan Winter Olympic team will take part in the closing and opening ceremonies. Or I should say the opening and closing ceremonies because they don't really want to uh, upset the International Olympic Committee too much. But it will be interesting to see how it goes at the Olympic Games, which will start shortly. And uh, we will keep an eye on that and see if there's anything interesting. It will also be interesting to see how the Taiwan sportsmen and sportswomen are going to do at the Olympic Games. All right. Now, because I'm here in South Africa, I thought I would tell you a little bit about how it is here as far as the virus is concerned. You know, the, the, we're all tired of the virus, but it's still front page news every day. So now in South Africa, things are pretty much similar to the way they are in Taiwan. When you go into a restaurant, you can take it off to eat or to drink something. And uh, if you do exercise outside, then you can take the mask off and so on and so on. Now, throughout the world, more and more countries have started to lift all restrictions on the virus. And in South Africa, that has also come into effect. What has been happening in South Africa over the last year is that in many schools, the government has decided, now this is a very controversial decision they made, is that there's a rotation system in place in South African schools. That means only half the students come to school on any given day. Let's say, for example, on Monday, grades 7, 8 and 9 will come to school. 
And then on Tuesday, grade 10 and 11 and 12 will come to school and so on. So the students have been actually missing out and teachers, some teachers might have become a little lazy because they only work every second day. But today it has been announced that this will stop. Schools are back to normal. And this is the way it's been going around the world. Many countries have been lifting restrictions and getting life back to normal because it's now very obvious that the Omicron variant of the virus is not exactly killing millions around the world. It is basically just a flu. I don't know if I told you in a previous episode that my younger sister had it. She just had a sore throat for a day or two. After that, she was a little tired. But it's not exactly a killer and it's not worth upsetting people's education or upsetting closing businesses and things like that. Not for uh, to save people from getting a sore throat, certainly not. Does seem though that Taiwan, whereas the world is more and more moving away from restrictions, like in England, you don't have to wear a mask basically anywhere, except if a specific business wants you to wear a mask. They recommend wearing a mask in public transport and so on, but it's not required by law anymore. And many other countries are following this, like Denmark and so on. So as the world is moving away from these restrictions, it seems that Taiwan is moving the other way. Even though Taiwan has virtually no cases, when I mentioned to the people here in South Africa that Taiwan has like between 10 and 50 cases a day, they think that uh, there should be no restrictions. And they, they kind of find it amusing that Taiwan is keeping all these restrictions in place. For example, Taiwan has said that even when you do exercise outside now, you must wear a mask. So they kind of ran back. They, they gave a little bit of freedom to the Taiwan people, but that the smallest sign of a virus, they jump right back and they, they isolate the people again. And also in South Africa today was announced that if you test positive for the virus, you only have to quarantine for seven days, not 10 days anymore. And if you are positive, but you have no symptoms, you don't have to quarantine at all. Whereas in Taiwan, that, of course, is the opposite. The quarantine is a very long process. So uh, people find that a little bit strange that Taiwan would be so scared and would uh, have these very strict rules when there's almost no cases in the whole country. So it'll be interesting to see if the Taiwan government is going to follow the international trend or if it's going to keep on trying to get to zero cases where many countries has given up this uh, pursuit of getting to zero cases because they said it, it's just not possible. It's, it's like trying to get to zero cancer cases or zero road deaths or anything like that. It's just not possible. If you want to live a normal life, some people will have to get a little bit sick. So uh, that is a kind of a, a interesting thing. And the people here in South Africa find that a little bit amusing. So that is the story for this week. If everything goes according to plan, I should be back in Taipei next week and uh, talk to you from there again. So uh, if the people who listened a few weeks ago when I told you how difficult it was to get to South Africa, it does seem that my airline, the airline I'm going to take, uh, Emirates Airline, will now fly me out of Cape Town to Dubai and from Dubai to Taipei. It of course will be a painful experience because I'll have to get all these PCR tests again and when I arrive in Taiwan another test. So I think uh, my nose will be sore from all the cotton buds that get pushed up there to test me for, for COVID. But hopefully we will survive and talk to you from Taipei when we get there uh, in a few days time, maybe uh, like a week or so, I'll be on my way back. So that is the end of today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And until next week, goodbye.